I think this is the worst guy we've ever covered. Like, uh, including serial killers, mass murderers. Uh, this is the worst guy we've ever covered. Yeah. After watching this the first time, I walked out of the office and I said to Mike, I was like, hey, here's a real hot take. The guy from Girls Gone Wild is a big piece of shit. And he goes, yeah, where have you been? <laughs> Hi, Jillian Benzavali. Hi, Patrick Hines. Fam, join us on the Patreon. Here's what I want to say. We are adding so much video content. Yes. So right now on the Patreon, you can find our live show filmed live at Obsessed Fest. Professionally filmed. Professionally, multiple angles, the opening number with the dancers, but we also uploaded our live show from Boston at the Wilbur. Where we did Class Action Park. We did Class Action Park in front of 1,100 people. It was wild. Boston's one of my favorite cities to play. Again, professionally recorded. Yes. We also have your West Memphis 3 panel at Obsessed Fest with Damien and Bob Ruff. Bob Ruff very cordially invited me to that. I don't want yes. to take any credit from Bob Roth. That no, was his it was, thing. No, it was I great. It. I and loved like, it. You and Damien, you guys were amazing. Yeah, and then thanks. also, Rabia and Rebecca Lavoie's yes. panel talking all about Adnan. Like days after he was released. Days after Crazy. the release. So all that, we're going to upload a ton of video content to Patreon. That stuff is all there in addition to stuff that's been there for a long time. Also over 350 full ad-free bonus like audio episodes. Yeah, so we do like these versions ad-free, but then we do like your bad vegans, your yes. finding Andrea's. We're doing the Woodstock, the three-parter. Oh, I can't wait. Remember the Bigfoot one? We the did big- Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> Wild Crime. Speaking yes. of the moment, it's Heaven's Gate. Uh, and then like Zero Season 1. Yeah. Uh, making the a Murderer. The Jinx. So much stuff over there. Patreon.com slash True Crime Obsessed. Follow us on TikTok. It's True Crime Obsessed Pod. We just filmed a bunch of TikToks today. Yes. Our TikTok is really funny. Still it's make really- the whole place shimmer. Shimmer. Fun. Shimmer. <laughs> That's it. I'm not going to ask them to do anything else right now. Okay. 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 Let's, let's go. I'm scared okay. for this one. I'm scared. I'm scared and I'm mad. So have fun. Uh, here we go. Good luck. All right, girl. What are we talking about today? So there's a series called Rich and Shameless. Yeah. We are doing the episode on Girls Gone Wild. This is wild. It's wild. You know there was also a Guys Gone Wild. You told me about this last time. There wasn't. No, I feel like trash because I bought a Guys Gone Wild DVD when I was in college. I didn't know. I didn't know it was like, I mean, the guys, I don't know. But I, yes, I did. <laughs> I did buy a Guys Gone Wild when I was in college. Okay, well, and we're I had talking for about a long Girls time. Gone Wild. Okay, so right, I, don't, right. I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if it's as bad. It they might never be. even mentioned Guys Gone Wild in this. I don't know if it was like a different company that did it. I don't know. But they never mentioned it. It was probably like a rip-off, spin-off totally. kind of thing. Oh, my God. Also, guys are so stupid. In the early 2000s, pop culture was sexy and colorful. It was the rise of the reality television star. You know, Wild and Free was being celebrated. And Girls Gone Wild was part of the party. To get these girls, where do you go? We go everywhere where people are having a lot of fun. If Girls Gone Wild showed up, it was like gasoline on fire. Every hot chick in the place wanted to get on camera. It was softcore DVDs. Girls Gone Wild! It was a cultural phenomenon. There was clearly a a darker side to the Girls Gone Wild empire. The founder of the Girls Gone Wild video empire arrested today. Battery, false imprisonment, intimidation of a witness. Prostitution. Child pornography. Worried about an indictment? I'm Joe Francis. (laughs) He's out there still. 
So the theme song of this show, did you recognize it? No. It's Money, Success, Fame, Glamour from Party Monster. Oh my God. The voice you're hearing is Macaulay Culkin. Stop where he's like, it. we are living no! in the age in which the pursuit of all values, <laughs> like money, success. It's Chloe Savigny and Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green. Those are the voices you're hearing. Is that crazy? It is. Anyway, we start in Punta Mita, Mexico, and we hear a truly horrifying recording, recorded by the wife, girlfriend, whatever, of what's the guy's name? Joe Francis. He's the founder of Girls Gone Wild. So I'm going to give a trigger warning it's here. It's really, it's bad. It's as bad as you think. It's as bad as you think. It's screaming about domestic violence. And He's trying to kill things. her. He's clearly all fucked up. It's so, she's begging him to stop. And she says, she. so it's her recording and she goes, I have my phone going right now. So yeah. just watch. Like she says, I'm recording you. So like, be nice. And he does the opposite. He does the opposite. We're told this is the mother of his two daughters. Her name is Abby Wilson. Ugh. And she has not objected to the use of this recording. She gave it to the producers. Right. And it is truly horrifying. She's screaming and it's, it's just fucking terrible. Like you're scaring it. me. If you're going to, you're scaring me. And I need you to calm down. You're scaring me. Who are you calling? I'm going to call the Uko security. You're scaring me. Speaking of truly horrifying, we meet Brooke Burke. Brooke Burke. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know this show. I mean, I've heard of the show Wild On, that she was like, a, she hosted a show called she, Wild On on Yeah, e. she was the host. Wild On was like a sexy food and travel show that was all about partying all over the world. And she wants us to know she had a real long career in television. She's done a lot of cool things. Yeah, and she's really here to say, at one point she says, ain't no shame in that game. Because no. she was like, I was hired to be like the hot woman in the bikini all over the world. It is really hard to make people understand understand what the world was like in like 2000 when this was all going down. Sex was really selling. It feels like TV was unregulated in what they could show yes. and sell. And Brooke Burke is here to say that like Wild On had this weird symbiotic relationship with Girls Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild commercials ran like crazy um, during Wild On episodes for a lot of reasons. The E viewer at the time was very young. And also, I think they probably capitalized on the confusion of the name and the branding Wild On with the branding of the Girls Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild would advertise on this show called, this like mainstream show yeah. called Wild On. Now, I want to talk for five seconds about these Girls Gone Wild ads. Because if you were alive in the early 2000s, you remember them. And they make them look so Harmless, but like I, I it's so funny. You, you know what I that. mean? Because it does. What they're doing is horribly exploiting these drunk women, but they make it look so silly and zany. Remember Saved by the Bell? It all yeah. looked like that kind Very of like bright, bright colors yeah. and like everything. Fun. And they they had that steel drum music. Yeah, they're like tacky, gross, like like license-free steel drum music. Like just totally appropriating. It's just horrible. But and I, girls like pulling their tops down. And, and laughing. Like seven, yeah, yeah. I remember being like, maybe the word I'm looking for is uncomfortable, but I remember feeling really like anxious watching those remember, girls Remember like in ads. Mean Girls, the young sister of Rachel McAdams is always in the background dancing, watching. Yeah. Dancing and watching She's like girls pretend flashing. Wild. Yes. Oh my. And it's like, it felt so acceptable. Like as a consumer, like obviously I'm not like looking at naked women, but as a person watching TV, it did look like all these women were having fun. Oh, they weren't. I or, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm part of the problem. No, I mean, but they design those commercials so that you're at least like, what is that? Like, uh, yeah, you, yeah. It, it grabs your attention. That's right. the whole point of it. Totally. You know what I mean? We meet Joel Stein, who's a journalist from Entertainment Weekly, who's here to say that Girls Gone Wild in the commercials was presented kind of the way Playboy originally was, whereas Hugh Hefner was the face of Playboy. 
This guy, Joe Francis, was the face of Girls Gone Wild. This guy, Joe Francis, was like the face with like all the Ugh. young girls. Just so gross. But it, it's all meant to make it look mainstream and legitimate. Right. Joe Francis was the face of it, obviously. Yeah. But the whole thing was it was supposed to be like this roving party bus, but it was like a sex bus. Right. And Joe Francis was like in, he was young and quote, good looking. So Ugh. he would be like at the center of the party. So he'd be on the bus with these girls and then he'd go into a bar or a club and the camera would always be on him. Right. And like getting girls to like lift up their shirts. So the point is he was like the star of the thing in the beginning. And he He's described as an overgrown teenager, yes. which is exactly, but also like that really doesn't give him enough credit for how fucking vile and violent and evil this guy is. And also manipulative. Like this guy, like he tries to come off as like just like a fun party guy. He knows exactly what he's, he's doing. He's very aggressive. And, and essentially his whole business model is get these women so drunk they don't know what they're doing right. and then put them in a position where they feel like they can't say no right. to showing their boobs. And th that's what he does. And then they show clips. I mean, because, they're, because the 2000s were what they were early yeah. on and I'll I'll get into this a little bit later. This was like your chance to be famous. Yes. So yes. there were women hammered just yeah. saying like, I want to marry Joe Francis and putting them in the, like he promised them the world. Yeah. And it's like the word that nobody uses is predatory. Of He's course. He's so fucking predatory. Yeah. And we'll get more into that later. But like, this is how it all starts. It all looks like a big party. Flash your boobs. You got a free t-shirt. He could talk you out of your pants. Nobody said no to him. If you said no, it was just a matter of time till you said yes. I need to ask you to show me your breasts, and I'm going to give you a Girls Gone Wild tank top. The reason Joe got where he got to is because he doesn't take no for an answer. Joe, quote, doesn't take no for an answer. Can you hear it? I'm going to be Madonna from Truth or Dare. Can you hear yourself? That's called rape, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, rape. Wearing a woman down rape. until she says yes? What? That's assault. So Joe Francis gets the idea for Girls Gone Wild while working for a, a show called Real TV. He was no. a production assistant. This is insane because there was, you know, like the Zoe Tur of it all. There was a market for this kind of like shocking journalism where like they would run around like, they show this one clip of a house fire or, like, a building fire where these people are, like, they have to essentially jump from eight stories or burn alive. It was like a clip show. Yeah. Like, YouTube is full of these videos. They yes. make me very, very anxious because I never know what we're going to see next. Totally. And this, the point of this is that it was pre-internet. So you could only get shows like this in DVD form, and that's why these companies existed. And there were clips that, like, they couldn't use on television yeah. because they were too violent or just not okay, and they were banned from television. And so Joe has this, like, quote, genius idea to, like, bundle all of those clips you couldn't show on TV and sell them. He called it banned from television. Yeah. So it's like the worst, grossest things that they couldn't show. And then he like buys infomercial time and like makes a ton of money. Amazing. Exactly. Thanks, Joe Francis. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Doesn't seem like you and Joe Francis would get along Can very you well. Imagine? You imagine? Know? Get, you... get me in a room alone with that guy. No, I know. You know what? Get me on a party bus with <laughs> Joe Francis. <laughs> and then I said, oh, like all trash. He's on Jenny Jones now. Oh, God. <laughs> What he does with this, like, real TV stuff. One of the clips he found were these clips of some young women, and they were arrested for being topless. And so he thought he could make a whole DVD of just that event and sell it as Girls Gone Wild. Eventually, he got the idea that he shouldn't bother buying the rights to these videos and just create his own. So what he does is he realizes that there's a market for like DVD sales of women just like taking their tops off. Right. And so that's what he does. That's where the genesis of Girls Gone Wild comes from.
Now we get all of this footage of him. Like, he wasn't paying anybody. No. He was giving these girls and women T-shirts to take their clothes off that you get, like, a Girls Gone Wild shirt. And he would, like, have them call their parents for permission before doing and it. And honest to God, who are these fucking parents? This one woman on the beach is like, Hey, Mom, you know that Girls Gone Wild thing that people usually don't do? And he's going to give me a T-shirt that says Girls Gone Wild if... I take off my swimming suit top. Is that okay with you? <laughs> I love you. Bye. Show your tits. Show your He's going to give me a t-shirt to show my boobs. Is that okay? There's one moment where Joe Francis grabs the phone yes. and like talks to someone's mom and he says, hey, she says she doesn't care. Right. We blow right by that. That was a very dark five seconds of footage. A hundred percent. That was really Imagine fucking me, dark. I'm on the other end of that fucking call. And lonely and yeah. scary. Yeah. I really didn't like that. No, and Girls Gone Wild was such a group think moment at the time like I can imagine some girls thinking like it would be a badge of honor to be in a Girls Gone Wild because like this was at a time at the very beginning of people being famous for being famous yes yes and like yes. sex tapes made you the biggest celebrity on the planet for a time and like people thought the same thing could easily happen to them and it was at a time I'm sorry here we it go was, it was at a time where fame was such a high valued currency in yes. this world yeah more so than even now because there was no Twitter there was no TikTok no one was accessible right the way they're accessible now. Yeah. So you see a famous person, you can find any number of their social medias, usually video. Uh-huh. Like, you can find someone's TikTok Reese and Witherspoon's feel... real generous with all the context. And we thank her for it. We do thank her. Goddess Reese. How, but like, think about that. That like, yeah. a sex video made you famous and there was such high value on fame and yep. there's alcohol involved and it's like, what's the harm? It, and right. that's that's sort of where, where this is going. 100% and we learned that the rise of Girls Gone Wild is what they call, they call it meteoric. They launched in 1990 and within two years, they had 20 million in revenue. They cut deals with the bars that actually paid Girls Gone Wild to have them there. In 2004, which was just seven years after they launched, they were pulling in $100 million a year. And then in 2001, they had 83 different titles for Girls Gone Wild videos. They sold 4.5 million DVDs. Well, one of the reasons they have so much money is because they're not paying anybody. Exactly. Like, that's part of it. It's right. vile and people are disgusting and they want this shit. No one's thinking about how exploitive it is. Like, that's one thing. But they're also not paying anybody. Right. It's, it's very easy to do this. Like, right. at low cost. Exactly. And so they say by 2004, seven years after they launched, they're pulling in over $100 million a year. Yeah. Oh, and then we learned that Joe Francis does that thing that all these fucking trash people do. He buys a Ferrari and a private jet. Oh. Cure AIDS, Joe Francis. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, uh, what, is friends with the Kardashians? Right. But we'll get to them in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we learned he's hanging out with the biggest people in the early 2000s. Matthew Perry, he's dating Tara Reid. Oh, were you even a celebrity in the early 2000s if you weren't hanging out with Tara Reid? Yeah, if you weren't like two people removed from Tara Reid. Paris Hilton, Lance Bass, girl. And two Lance Bass. <laughs> there are like current photos of Lance at Joe Francis's mansion or Current, whatever. like from today? Like Recently, like oh too my. recently for my liking. So we learn that it's possible that Joe Francis released the Kardashian sex tape, like it was coordinated by the Kardashians. Well, of course, Chris Jenner, like, I can't, we'll get into that <laughs> okay. later. But yeah, there's the rumor that like he distributed it. I think yeah. Chris Jenner did it all herself. Like, Can you him. imagine? I think that's like, I think there's enough evidence to prove that that's what happened. Uh. But like, you know, there's so much footage of Joe like begging, and this is like on camera, like begging someone to take their bra off. Well, because they say to us, like, of course, of course, there was a darker side of Girls Gone Wild, and I, I wrote, what could possibly go wrong? Like, like isn't that 
that isn't the whole thing dark? Yeah, he's bullying. The, like I, again, they cannot talk enough about how much booze they're giving these girls. Right, right, right. They're getting them blackout fucking drunk, and then he's like begging them to take their tops. And off. then he starts like berating this this woman and acting like a total creep. And he's like, "What are you doing? This is girls gone wild. <laughs> You're not very wild." Please take your bra off. Please. I'll be your best friend. Please take your bra. I'll be your best uh, friend. I'll be your best friend. And then he just starts whining. And I'm like, what a fucking herb. I, what a herb. <laughs> like a fucking loser. I know. I know. Like, I know. I, and I just, like, oh, you know, I want everyone to have a friend, but not Joe Francis. Not, I want him to die alone <laughs> and filled with fire ants on no, top of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah, eating yeah. him slowly until yeah. he's dead. I hate him. I, me too. I really, I stand by it. I think he's the worst man we've ever covered. He's a bad fucking guy. So we meet James Daly. Oh. He's the camera. He's a cameraman for Girls Gone Wild. He said he got his job off of Craigslist. Oh. Can you imagine? Doesn't that tell you everything? I know. And he says that like he saw the posting and he's like, oh, I'm going to be like drunk all the time and having tons of sex. This is perfect. Well, so yeah, he really walks us through how this all happened. Yeah. He ends up having a conscience in the end, which nobody saw that coming. Which he wants a fucking medal for, I know. which is James. I'm keeping I, my medal to myself. You don't get one today. No, but girl. he like walks us through how we talk all these girls. And I'm using the word girls because- yeah. Because yes. many of them are underage, yeah. so their girls are women. We say, right, and he says to like he says to us. The whole thing too is you also had to really kind of be concerned how you dressed. You didn't really want to dress in black and look creepy. You wanted to look, you know, nice and approachable. I mean, almost like if you were a gay guy or something like that, so the women would trust you. You had to dress like a gay guy so the girls would trust you to make them think they had nothing to fear. I ah! mean, oh my. God. God. Because they, they don't Who want you. Do you think you... he's like dressing in our merch? <laughs> Bear jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing like seven for all mankind jeans. That was what was big in the 2000s. Diesel. I'm just thinking like if he dressed how like this gay guy dressed, right. it'd be a lot of like Patrick Liberty t shirts. Yeah. Maybe Eliza wig. Yeah. And definitely like some Rothy's. You're nailing it. All together. Because the whole point is to not look creepy. <laughs> right. So the Liza wig is where you lost yeah, me yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Ugh. And the point is like flashing the club is easy like anyone can like show yep. their chest in a club for for a t-shirt or whatever i guess i guess but the point is that joe francis wanted everyone on the buses and the private area he, they want to take them away <sighs> from being in the public eye he says you got to get them in a place where you're in control Ugh. can you imagine like away from their friends and we learn about this like fucking private room in the in back the of the bus and he's saying he didn't have the stomach to like make the girls go through with it he would like ask nicely if they would show their boobs they would say no and he would like let them leave. Right. Like, and then he would show it to Joe and Joe fires him on the spot because he can't use it. And then we learn, which is like, okay, James, like, thanks. Right, right. And he, Thank right, you. This is where he wants the medal for getting fired. And, and they also really, really want us to know that the voice in the videos is not James. Right. I know. But James, you were there for a little bit. And but he, he when you hear it, it is so creepy. And these women look so, vo- what is sexy about that? Nothing. Like, who wants to buy that DVD because it's hot? That Why is that hot? Fucking creeps. Yeah. And then we learn, like, so Joe fired that guy for not being as predatory as Joe wanted him to be. I mean. And then we learn about when Joe fired people, he would like scream at them and berate them and make like a scene yeah. in the office and that like no one was like quietly fired. It no. was a fucking scene every time. We also learned that Joe, you know how like you would, you could sign up for like a subscription service where you'd Ugh. get the DVDs because we didn't have the internet yet. Right, like monthly. Yeah, if you would sign up for this service and then cancel. I would come in and, and find that in the middle of the night, Joe had reprocessed all of the rejected, the declined transactions. And, and a few of them would go through. The only easy way to resolve it was to cancel your credit card and, and get a new number. That's how he made money. And there was, there was no talking him out of, 
of the way he made money. They're like, the only way you could get out of him charging you was by canceling your credit card. Well, he's not big on consent, so that tracks. Right. <laughs> credit cards, yeah, human beings. 100%. Who needs it? That is, I mean, not to overuse the word wild, that you would just have to, like, start again. You'd Can have you to, like, imagine? get a new credit Didn't card Didn't I fucking cancel that? Wait, I'm getting another Girls Gone Wild DVD? Uh, so then the Entertainment Weekly reporter tells us this fucking wild story. He's, like, tagging along with Joe. He wants to go with him to, like, the bar and the party bus to, like, write a story about it. And the way Joe behaves in front of this reporter is unreal. And that is what is very, I mean, there's a lot of scary things, but that is very scary. Like when, when you're acting that way with eyes on you and a reporter totally. on you, what are you doing when no one is there? Because they're at the bar and then the reporter says, like, we went back to the party bus and there was like a room, like a closed door in the back and the reporter's like, well, I need to see what's in there. And he opens the door and there's a woman, a fully naked woman in a very compromised position doing like sexual things with Objects with like a bottle and like just objects that they had. And the phone rings. It's the woman's boyfriend, and Joe grabs the phone and tells the boyfriend what the what he's gotten this girl to do. Like, and this is where the reporter says definitely his interest moved from this woman to the opportunity to like show status over another man or dominate. I imagine he's got a complicated relationship with women. It wasn't about sex anymore. Now it's about dominating this man. Yes, he wants to, like, have ownership Be over this alpha. woman. Yeah. However, he just put that woman in an incredibly, potentially incredibly dangerous position. Yes. Because you don't know who the guy is, the boyfriend. Right. You don't know if he's understanding, if he's violent. She is blackout drunk. Totally. You don't. You put her in a position yep. where she's going to have to answer for this now. Yeah. And you don't know who's on the other end of the phone, you piece of shit. Jesus, this didn't even occur to me. Like, you don't know what her situation is. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck, Joe? It's terrifying. It's it's terrifying. And like now we get Joe backstory. Do we care? <laughs> I mean, he hates women and himself. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. That's really was what it like we learned that he like, according to some website, he had a really shitty childhood, but then we learned that he grew up in a house with like a mom and three sisters. Too many women. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that sounds like the dream scenario to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? But then we we meet this guy, Zach, and Zach yeah. is a classmate of Joe's from Rocky Mountain Academy, which is one of those like horribly abusive schools that now, claims to reform your kids. If you don't know about schools like this, this is where they would send quote, problem children, where parents would just, like, drop the kids off. No, they'd get them in the... I know someone who yes, wanted to go to these. Yes, I mean, like, this was all over this. those, like, Maury Povich shows, like, all through the In the middle the of the night yeah. and drag this kid out of their bed Which when is just, like, they old. are kids who are, like, bad kids for whatever reason. Whatever, yeah, bad air quotes, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Now they're being taken to this remote location where they have no contact with anybody and they're horribly abused right. in a multitude of ways. And it's sort of, it's it's hidden behind the whole, like, well, they need tough love and, like, yes. we'll do the discipline because the parents can't. And right. it's really just incredibly abusive. And we just learned that like according to Zach this school was a cult that like acted like a school where they were super like down on sex but then they would like the teachers would have sex with the students. Like of course this shit is happening. Yeah they were demonizing sex but meanwhile like right. it was just horrible horrible. But Zach says like to be fair yeah. Joe Francis was always a fucking nightmare. He wasn't nice. He was defensive and always yelling. And when I found out he was connected with Girls Gone Wild that was the light bulb that went off in my head. I was like, this guy found a way to get control of other people and exploit them, and he found a way to make money out of it. 
he finally did it. Right. He finally found a way to hurt people and exploit it for money. And right. I'm just like, what was he like as a 15-year-old if his roommate, and like, think about that. Yeah, exactly. Then I have, like, now we get five minutes of listening to these men coerce these women into having, like, sex with each other. Right. And they're basically asking for line reads. Like, yes. can you squirm a little more? Can you moan a little more? And at one point, one of the women is like, yeah, but it's not working for me, so right. I'm not going to fake it. Exactly. <laughs> right. like, holy shit. And, like, the editor, this editor, ah, uh, he's just like, you know, good thing I didn't have a daughter, because if I did, like, I would have a lot of trouble cutting this footage for all those years. I know. I'm going to say it again. I know. You shouldn't have to have a daughter or a sister or whatever to understand the fact that this is abusive to women. Exactly. You, I'm not a mother, but I know that I don't want kids hurt. Like, no. It's like, stop, stop saying that. Right. If I had a daughter, this would have been really hard for me. Exactly. It should have been hard for you to edit that anyway. Right. And like, how do you like not know that that's the thing you don't say? Like how complete? Yeah. Like you now, know like, this, this, this came just out in 2022. Say, I hated doing it because I love, you know what I mean? Or like, just say like, the money was fucking great. Right. And right. I didn't care as much. Yeah. And now that it's 2022 and I'm sitting here for this documentary, I'm realizing, wow, what a piece of shit this right. whole thing was. But just say <laughs> right. that like, it didn't occur to you at the time because yeah. it didn't. Right. You were cashing those checks because you got paid. Right. So now we meet attorney Ronald Richards because I'm finally like, who was going to hold this guy fucking accountable? Ronald Richards hates Joe Francis and everything he stands for. I know. So I I like know. But the thing that Ronald is telling us, and like we start to see this like footage of this now, Joe Francis is getting these women to sign consent forms on camera when they are blackout drunk. Like they are so, they can't even hold the pen. They right. don't even know what they're writing. Because we're learning that a lot of times what would happen is like these women would wake up the next day, get an attorney, the attorney would call Joe Francis and be like, we're suing you. And Joe's like, here's the video of her showing me her idea and her age and saying she consents to this and that would legally end the conversation. And it would legally end it, but when Joe Francis was questioned in any way, he'd get vindictive. Right. So like, he would have that phone call and be like, there's nothing you can do, sorry. Right. Out of spite, he'd like put that girl on the cover. Exactly. And even though he like won, the fact that he was questioned in any way, even though like nothing bad happened to him because of it, he would get furious. It's wild. It's like, you're a herb. Like, like, I know. You want, like imagine caring about that like fighting for the sake of but fighting what then a we also see him on juicyscoop.com I'm assuming this is, is a juicy you said that like I should know what that well, is well Juicy Scoop is a podcast okay. I don't know if it's affiliated with the podcast but he's like on some like internet show called Juicy Scoop where he swears up and down that if a woman ever didn't want her image used that he'd cut it out it was all consensual it was all fun if any woman didn't like it he'd get rid of it and it's just a fucking lie yeah because let's talk to Lisa Cervantes exactly she's a lawyer and she represented one of the women filmed and what she She's saying is that Michelle said to me, I was with a friend. We were just partying and some of the boys started hooting and hollering. Show us, show us your tits, show us your tits. They pulled back their bikini tops together. They laughed, they smiled. Then she said, I find out I am the cover girl and I'm in a Girls Gone Wild video. She's on the cover of a Girls Gone Wild video. Yeah. She's in a video, and she didn't know that. Her story is just like she was standing on a cliff somewhere, and some, like, they were drinking, and some guy was like, show us your boobs, and so they did as a goof. I've been on the street with a friend who, like, a fire truck drove by, and they were like, show us your boobs, and she did. Sometimes people just do this. Sometimes. And it's everybody's right, and she had no idea she was being filmed, and now she's furious. And not only that, like, not the consent of it all, and that, like, she didn't 
know that and she's just learning about it. That is one side of it yeah. that's very important. But the other side of it is that, like, this is, we're going to learn, like, they make over $100 million a year. Yes. She's also not getting paid for no. it. No. So, like, he's reaping all the benefits and she's just, like, just sitting here. Like, how did this even happen? In fairness to my friend, she would want me to tell you it was right after 9-11 and these firefighters were working really hard. They really needed it. And she was trying they to really give them something it. extra. They asked her. They, <laughs> they, like, they were like, show us your boobs. That's what she did. Out of the clear blue sky, <laughs> they It was, like, that. a Tuesday afternoon at, like, 8 in the morning. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. The bravest, right? She, New York's bravest. She did it. She felt like she was doing her civic duty. I don't think she regrets it. To this day, I'll find out. You know what? Great. If everyone consented, <laughs> what am I going to do? Who am I? Now we're starting to get to the legal aspect of all yeah. of this. And this is interesting because what we're saying is that it was built into their business model not to pay any, quote, talent, right? right? What they did was they spent all their money on lawyers. So they would just wait for some. They wouldn't pay anybody anything. And then they, like, if they got sued, they would pay their attorneys. So they spent, in one year, they paid $200,000 to attorneys because they're getting sued. Right. And $3,000 to talent. Which is basically, like, making the shirts, buying exactly. the shots. Exactly. Honestly, like, right. because they weren't, there's no, like, paycheck here. I, maybe they'd give them like I'll give you 50 bucks under the table and or like, something that's so shitty this company's making 100 million dollars a year they're only paying 200,000 to legal fees like hand over fist yeah it's ridiculous so then we learn that in these depositions because now the depositions are starting right yeah I had read a deposition from a different case that Joe Francis had answered to he never referred to women as women or girls as girls he always called them bitches or whores can you imagine the audacity of being in a deposition and someone's like, and so what did you say to that woman? Well, I said to that, like the audacity to say that in like the light of day in a conference room to a fucking attorney. Because at one point he says, he was like, am I worried? No, I'm fucking Joe Francis. Exactly. And like, usually I'd be like, that's such an act. Oh my God. Yeah. And I do think he hates himself as, as much as he hates women. Yeah. But like he has convinced himself that he is invincible. It's wild. And then he talks like that in a deposition. It's, 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 it's oh my podcast God. gone wild. Oh my God. So we go to Daytona where we meet a, a girl, literally a girl named Tabitha, yeah. who tells us this fucking crazy story that she was in Daytona Beach, underage, she was yeah, 17, 17, on vacation with her friends. Some guy comes up to her and is like, hey, we're doing a bikini contest. Do you want to participate? And she's like, sure. Right before the bikini contest, they get all the girls fucking wasted. Yeah. They get them up on the stage. There's hundreds of people around them. We see the video of it. Yeah. They're like trying to get these women to take their tops off. She shows her boobs. And also perform sex acts on each other on the stage. No, she didn't participate in that, no. she says. No, 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 But these women are performing sex acts on each other. And now, technically, that's child sexual abuse material. Exactly. she, and I'm sure others, are underage. And that, that is what we used to call child pornography, right? right? right. We're, yes. So we're saying the proper term for it. But yeah. she doesn't know that this was recorded and was out on fucking DVD until years later when an attorney knocked on her door. And said, hey, are you aware that you're a poster child for pornographic movies and I was just like huh <laughs> and and this man proceeded to tell me I'm on the cover of these DVDs and these movies and uh, on posters and on sides of buses and stuff well that was a minor and I was filmed without my consent she had no idea she had no idea so she does she gets into a legal battle for five years. Yeah. She ends up settling, but the kicker is that the DVD featuring Tabitha, they're still being sold. Right. They're still being sold. She's 17 in that footage. She's 17 years old. And like, everyone says this to us like there's nothing that can be done. You know what I mean? Right. But the thing that happens, and we meet other women that like, this has real ramifications. Like, yeah. they get kicked out of school. They get kicked out of church. Sometimes they get kicked out of their homes by their parents. They right. lose their jobs. They yeah. lose relationships. You never know who's going to see this and when. And like, now we're 
we're in the age of the internet, and that shit lasts forever. And then we go to Fort Myers, Florida, where we meet a woman named Nicole. She was 25 when she went out to a bar one night. She said she heard there was a bikini contest. You could win 100 bucks. She needed money. She wanted to go. We see the video of her from that night. She is so, so fucking drunk. It's so she scary. Cannot, she can barely form words. Yeah. She didn't know, again, that she was being recorded. And I'm like, what are the ethics of this? I don't care what fucking papers she said. There aren't any, She's you know? so drunk. What kind of soulless monster do you have to be to take the footage of her and then put it in a fucking video? And to your earlier point, she doesn't learn about this video's existence until a couple of years later. Yeah. So three years later, my partner came home in the middle of the night. He had the DVD with him and woke me up and was irate that his friends were watching me on a video. I'm thinking this fucking boyfriend sounds like not a walker. He's not mad that his girlfriend got taken advantage of. He's right. mad that his friend saw her naked. Right. And, and I'm, I'm thinking like you were saying earlier, now she's going to deal with this potentially scary guy. Yeah. He's not sitting here for the interview. And also just like the trauma of having to learn yourself. Like, yeah. oh my God, I'm in this. And then having to like talk your fucking D-bag boyfriend off the ledge because he's mad. Like, you He's know only I mean? mad because like, his friends were looking at it. Like, it, he, like it, how much are we going to force her to deal with it I, now? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. She has to hold everybody's fucking hand through this whole thing. What about her? And you cut back to that video of her and she's so drunk she can yeah. barely keep her eyes open. I know. I know. So she sues. We learn that on the day of court, Joe Francis's attorney says to her, hey, I'm doing you a solid here. This company's about to go bankrupt. You should really take the $10,000 we're offering today because otherwise there'll be no money. So her own lawyer advises her to do that. And then, of course, like all these years later, the company is doing just fine. Just fine. Just fine. They lied to her. Yeah. Now it's 2003. We're in Panama City, Florida. We're back to the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> and we meet the one man in this whole movie that I kind of like. Lee Sullivan. He's the <laughs> former mayor of Panama City Beach. <laughs> he he is taking a I love this guy. He's a character and a half. <laughs> and we, when we first meet him, he's like, don't think, all right, don't think any less of me, but uh, I'd actually never heard of Joe Francis and his traveling circus until this mess. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, Lee, that's a good that's thing. That's good, Lee. He also wants us to know that he was bringing the rich and famous, the celebs. You know what a celebrity is? They just people. And if you told me that you and Kim Kardashian were buds, that wouldn't mean diddly squat to me. He doesn't give a hoot. Right. Being friends with a Kardashian doesn't mean diddly squat to me. Girl, I love same. him. I know. I want to give Lee Francis a podcast. I love this guy. Well, yeah, and so the point is, like, he's coming from a very conservative area. It's yeah. the Bible Belt. Yeah. And, like, Lee Sullivan doesn't want this filth in his city. Not that's, where he that's lives? That's really the point. Not where his friends live? Because they're better than that, Jillian. And he goes, he goes, you know, Joe thinks he was making art and then just smiles. <laughs> right. To the camera. <laughs> and therefore, Joe thinks he's protected by the Constitution. And he, he goes, he even called it a docu. <laughs> How ludicrous <laughs> is that? Docu. docu. And he goes, it's a documentary about what? That females have breasts? And so Lee actually says something where I'm like, Lee, I know you're really saying all the right I things here. I don't think that Steve and I would be welcome in his home for Thanksgiving, I but right know. now I like this guy. I think I think in Lee's house you would, but you have to keep it. <laughs> I think the neighbors, <laughs> the chubby one's a little loud. A little don't loud. you? <laughs> Um, and they're both gay. So, <laughs> but Lee sees right through Joe Francis. And yeah. he goes, this wasn't about art. He says, this was about his real opinion on women. Even Lee Sullivan from the Bible Belt yeah. knows that this guy hates women. Yeah, and then we learn... <laughs> 
The mayor really went to work on this case. He is going to take down Joe Francis any which way he can. He's, I know. He's going to get some dirt on him. We see and one there's of, plenty. There's plenty. We meet one of the camera guys, and the camera guy's like, so we were sitting in the condo waiting for pizza. The police kick in the door. The camera guy says they were held at gunpoint. He says, I was handcuffed to a chair for a long time. Real big craft services budget, Joe. <laughs> Shitty Florida pizza. I love that the mayor is like, I want you to really fuck with those guys. Yeah. You know what? Handcuff that cameraman to a chair. Yeah. Can you Let's see what happens. Having a gun held to your head? No. Over Girls Gone Wild? Like, oh my God. Well, good. Well, right. Like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? You're probably the one that put in, like, drunk Nicole in that episode. Well, now Lee Sullivan is really going to town because yeah. here's what happened. Because he's trying to get dirt on Joe Francis. Again, yeah. there's plenty to get. Yeah. So here's what we learn. Girls Gone Wild filmed two underage girls in the shower. Bad mistake. You know what that little twit says? He says, well, we had them sign a waiver. If you're under 18 years old, that signing a waiver is meaningless. How do you know when they signed that waiver that they were 18 or over? He don't have a rat's clue, and he don't give a rat's rare. It doesn't matter because they're 17. Yeah. And this is when Lee Sullivan says, he don't give a rat's clue and he don't give a rat's rear. <laughs> Talking about Joe Francis and his <laughs> lack of morals and ethics. A rat's rear. You can say rat's ass. It's just us here, Lee. Yeah. And so Joe gets charged with intentionally including child pornography in the Girls Gone Wild film and also prostitution, their word, not mine. Yeah. Because apparently, like, he paid two of the other 17-year-olds $50 to jerk him off. Yeah. So it's like coercion. It's all bad. So Lee Sullivan arrests Joe, takes the bus, takes <laughs> the cars, takes the jet. <laughs> this camera guy goes, I was looking at 65 years. Yeah, weren't you? I mean, why would, what were you thinking when you signed up for this fucking job? I mean, my, you knew exactly what it was. You saw the ad on Craigslist. No sympathy. If that guy's rotting in a fucking Panama City jail right now, good. Like, I just hate this so much. I know. Because Joe only spends one night in prison and he's right back out to running Girls Gone Wild. Right. So we meet Janelle. Yeah. And Janelle says she's a self-described party girl. She said, I was like big into partying. I was 18 years old. She meets Joe Francis at a club. You know, can I say one thing about Janelle? Yeah. She says, we knew Joe Francis was going to be at this bar yeah. with Girls Gone Wild. We wanted to go, and we didn't think we were a target, basically because we didn't think we were pretty enough to get uh -huh. picked for anything. Yeah. That is what they are counting on. Of course. They are counting on these women not thinking anything of themselves. Right. So, like, it starts at home. Can we please take better care of everybody and, like, stop making everybody feel like their looks is whatever? Right. Like, that made me so sad for her. So, Janelle says she was drunk off the celebrity of it all. She and wanted like, to hang out with the famous guy. And but then, also course, drunk off the alcohol. Well, she she was being fed. She says he's feeding me drinks. She also like wanted to keep up with the celebrity, so they were right. going shot for shot, probably fucking Jaeger or yeah. something disgusting. Oh, God. So he takes Janelle to the bus into the back room. She is blackout drunk, and you know she's being pressured to perform sex acts on herself. With... She doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it, and she says, "But I kind of just went with it because now I felt pressured because I had these two big guys in front of me, the cameraman and Joe Francis." I used the objects and I, I touched myself with them. I was intimidated. Then all of a sudden I remember the camera guy just leaving. And then she says the camera guy leaves and Joe rapes her. She goes, and that's when Joe turns mean. This documentary is really well done in the in, because the first thing we hear in this entire documentary is him being that guy. Yeah. You know, the voice Screaming. The, the yeah, thing yeah, that, yeah. that Abby recorded. Like Violent, the, aggressive. And you hear the rage in his voice. Yeah. And we see video of it a little bit. Yeah. And it's like he is some, like a switch. There's a switch and he yes. becomes this like dark, evil presence. But she says, like, I did not give my consent. I didn't want that to happen. I I went to the police the next day and no one took me seriously and I know that because nothing to this day has ever happened. Nothing happened. To which I say, perfect. I hate everything. Right. Let's move on.
2004 in Bel Air, California. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Bad day for Joe Francis. Oh, man. Bad this day. is wild. So someone has broken in to Joe Francis's home. Joe comes home from a party. And forces Joe to pretend to have sex with a large, pink, vibrating dildo at gunpoint. So there's a man in Joe Francis's house who strips Joe naked yeah. and takes a video. Now, we get the attorney for the guy who did this. Right. He's watching the video describing it to us. And he's like, now, Joe's the world's worst person. There still isn't a world in which I would ever sell this. Of you know? I mean. I mean, because, and to be very clear, neither you nor I are advocating that either A, this should have happened to Joe, or no. B, that it should ever be no. sold. But the point is, he's sexually humiliating Joe and getting it on video. It starts off with Joe Francis staring into a video camera at gunpoint with a large pink dildo or sex toy that's spinning around in front of Joe Francis's buttocks, not inserted or anything. And he's being compelled to say he's from Boys Gone Wild and he likes it up the blank. I'm Joe Francis. This is Boys Gone Wild, and I like it up the blank. Yeah. Quote from the lawyer. <laughs> exactly. So the guy, his name is Darnell Riley. He's the guy who did this. We learned he's like in Joe's social circle, and we only know that he did this because he bragged about it to Paris Hilton. And she rats him out. To which I say, Paris, you're in too many of these documentaries. And she rats him out. And good. F- I don't know who signed him on here, but like the guy shouldn't have done it. I don't want that to have happened to Joe Francis. Right. But like at the same time, Paris, you're you're too involved. Like you're too involved. Go on, go do something else. But it happened in like 2001. If she wasn't involved. Then what did it happen? I know, did it I really know, happen? If I Paris know. Hilton wasn't around, did the thing really happen? What a wild story when you're Joe Francis. You know what I mean? Like, and like this guy could go to jail for life yeah. for doing this, but he gets 10 years. But yeah. Ronald the lawyer says this isn't about money. There's no market to see Joe Francis's tushy. Right. <laughs> tushy? We're all adults here. We're talking about like like I know. rape and sexual assault and the treatment of women and this fucking narcissistic asshole. Can you just say the word? Don't I, say tushy. So we're back in Panama City Beach, Florida. It's been four years since Joe's arrest where he spent one night in jail. They say, like, it looks like he's going to beat the charges. The charges being the 17-year-old underage girls that he filmed and the masturbation charge. So the, the, now it's a civil case, right? Yeah. And so he wants to settle. He makes an offer. He's telling everyone to suck his dick. Wait, wait, hang on a like, second. We gotta what talk is going about. on? So in addition to him, like, looking like he might get off from those charges, there's a civil case against him where he's called in and he's, like, deposed. We were talking earlier about, like, the language he uses in front of the attorneys. The lawyers, they walk in the door and they find Joe Francis sitting in there and he tells them, I will make you one offer. You can suck my dick. You can suck my dick. Joe. I this mean, is the person we're dealing with here. And it's just who talks like that? I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I hope that there are people listening to this. I doubt straight frat boys who are into this <laughs> shit in 2002 are listening. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. everyone can grow and change. Yes. But I like. I hope that like you feel bad about buying this shit. Look, I bought, you know a, I mean? I bought a guy's gone wild and I feel really bad about <laughs> it. All right, you're looking right at him. Okay, fine. <laughs> so then, like, it's a civil case, but the judge holds him in contempt anyway because he's a piece of shit. So he goes to jail in Florida. So now this, like, Joe suck my dick, Francis, yeah, is crying he's like a little fucking baby. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. I wake up screaming. People just want to ruin my life. It's all, like, it's the same fucking script. Everyone's jealous of me. Everyone wants to take me down. Joe Francis woke up one day, and all of this just happened yeah, to him. Yeah, 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 He exactly. had no say in any of it. He He's not a fucking rapist. He's not someone who's exploiting. He's not a predator. Like, this all just happened to him and poor Joe Francis. And, like, the best part, finally, like, he gets in trouble for something. The fucking IRS gets him on tax they evasion. They will always get you. <laughs> they will always get 
you. And I'm thinking too, like when you're making a hundred million dollars, even if it's on like the worst thing you could do, which is this, pay your fucking taxes. And it's false tax returns to the, he lied to the tune of $20 million. And he only gets 11 months in prison. Isn't that insane? Yeah. So in 2008, he's like hauled back to Panama Beach in front of our friend, the mayor. Lee Sullivan. Lee Sullivan. Hates him. And he's got to, he ends up like facing the charges. He gets 339 days in prison, but he's already like, he basically gets time served. Because yeah, he served that time in Reno, so he's free to go. How do you film underage women in like on fucking film and sell it and you don't have to spend any time? Here's what I said. Maybe that should be a bigger fucking crime. Yeah. Whatever it's classified as. So you're getting like a a small amount of, you should get a lot more time for that. Right. Like time served. Or how about like, so great you you served time for that other thing. Now you have to serve time for this horrible Yeah. How about the death penalty for that? Time served. Jesus. For underage. Like I I just, I can't. Oh, but wait. Now he's on Tyra's show comparing himself to Nelson Mandela. Okay. How was it up in jail, Joe? I did. No, I was incarcerated. (laughs) The one thing I did do is stand up for what's right. You know, like, you know, Mandela sat in in prison because he stood up for what was right, you know, against apartheid. But can you compare apartheid to girls going, woo? Everyone is charmed by him in the the audience. I don't get it. He's talking about standing up for what's right. At least Tyra goes, is that the same thing, you and Nelson Mandela? (laughs) At least she has the awareness. I know. She rarely has awareness. No. <laughs> I dare you to go watch old episodes no, of no, America's no, no. Next Top Model. The I know. fucking problematic blackface of it all I in know. that show. It's I horrible. Know. So now we jump to Los Angeles in 2009. We see surveillance. This is so I know. fucking disturbing. I know. We see surveillance of Joe walking through a club. And we see a woman, whether she dumps a drink on him or spills a drink on him, we don't really know. She says it's an accident. He grabs her by the hair and drags drags her from the bar. He punches her in the face. And punches her in the face. Watching this woman get dragged by the, which we come to learn, by the way, is his move. Yeah. To grab a woman by the back of the hair. Yep. Some detective says to get leverage. And it is instant. It yeah. is It is truly, we make jokes like you, you zero to a hundred. Yeah. That, to watch that happen so quickly, like he was waiting for it. He yeah. Could, you know, like, yeah. it was instantly violent. And we see, like, there's some video footage of the woman outside the bar later. She's sitting there. She is shell-shocked. TMZ, of course. Yeah, yeah. And and then we get footage of Joe Francis talking to TMZ. I never hit a girl. First of all, she's not a girl. Oh, my God. Uh, and he's like, look, violence is never okay. You know, I spent those two days in prison. So right. So I know all about that. Right. And so, like. Violence the- is not okay. Joe, there's video. Stop lying. Exactly. And we learn now that the family, his own family, his mother and father, have filed protective orders against him because of 40 years of abuse. I'm 71 years old and the father of Joe Francis. I am fearful that unless he's stopped, Joe may harm my family. He has proven that when he's angry, he will not hesitate to physically harm his mother and sister and me. A noteworthy example of Joe's explosive and violent behavior occurred at Thanksgiving. He ended up coming after his mother, Christine, and me with a coat rack. At one point, he had his youngest sister in a chokehold. He's been violent against his parents. Both of his parents and his sister have orders of protection against him. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, the last story we get, we're in L.A. in 2011. We meet this woman, Christina. She's a detective. She's been with the LAPD for 24 years. And she tells us this insane story about this group of young women who go out to a place in Hollywood called the Supper Club. And Joe approaches one of the girls. And as they're leaving, he offers them a ride and he's going to drive her. And he like drives them back to his house in Bel Air. They get out of the car and instantly are like, wait, this isn't my, I don't want to, no, I don't want to be, be here. here. Yeah. So one of the girls tries to like, pick, like take out her phone. This is like pre-Uber. Yeah. And she's trying to call a taxi. Joe grabs her by the neck and throws her to the ground and bashes her head into the floor four or five times. Yeah. And 
he says, don't call 911. I own the police. I own the LAPD. And this woman, Christina's like, no, he most certainly no. does not. <laughs> right. I'm part of the LAPD. He's, he does not own me or any of us. No. And so, like, the woman who he, like, beat has to go to the hospital. She's got a concussion. They make it out. Thank God. Yes, they make they, it, they they make it out. out. And, like, the detective calls Joe and gets a call back from the attorney. Joe is denying everything and, like, says this is the only statement Joe's going to make on the, on the matter. Right. So they file charges against Joe, even though deny, deny, deny. And right. during the investigation, they find a ton of allegations against him. Like, yeah. ob- he's a bad fucking guy. Exactly. Is that shocking to anybody? No. So, like, while this investigation is happening, they say he, quote, runs another contest. Is this, like, a, a reality show? It's called the Girls Gone Wild Hottest Girl in America contest. What? Barf. But someone says... Talk around the office was that he was really looking for someone for himself. Maybe the contest was an admission of, you know, hey, it's time to move on. This was just an excuse for him to find a girlfriend. It was like a way for him to, one, like, have all this power over these women and then, like, find some, And we see, like, some video of it. It looks like they're filming it for, like, a reality show or something. It does look like one of those shitty, yeah, I don't know. So, like, this is basically where he meets this woman, Abby. Abby is the one on the tape from the beginning in that horrible voicemail. And it's aggressive from the start because she's 25 and he's 40. Yeah. And he's already joking about how she's old and quote, putting her out to pasture. And this is one of those like, oh, honey, I'm joking, but it's not a joke. It's not it's a like joke. It's like a real abusive, aggressive thing. And she's trying to be a good sport about it, which I don't think you have to be, Abby. And people are saying like, there's no way for her to know that at this point, his company is just like hemorrhaging money. Yes. Like she thinks he's like a billionaire, but because of like the advent of the fucking internet, nobody needs his like shit anymore. Of course. So he's like losing money. And he's got lost. Everyone wants to take this exactly. guy down. The guy from Palm Beach, Panama City or whatever, Lee Sullivan, he wants to take him down now the LAPD like everyone is out to get Joe but thank god but then Joe picks a fight with Steve Wynn okay Steve Wynn. in Vegas 2012 Ronald the lawyer yeah. is terrified he of says, Mr. Wynn there's nobody in the world I'm afraid of except for Mr. Wynn he won't even call him by his first name the story goes that Joe Francis lost two million dollars at this guy's casino in one night he loses two million bucks Joe doesn't want to pay what he owes so he decides to defame Mr. Wynn and talk all this shit explain to me how that's supposed to work I don't know but how he does it is that he tells, like, whoever will listen that Quincy Jones... Like, the, the Quincy, Quincy Jones. Jones... mutual friend of him and Steve Wynn. Steve Wynn sent Quincy Jones an email detailing exactly how he was going to murder Joe. He was going to hit me in the back of the head with a shovel and bury me in the desert. When Jones took Question. the stand Thursday, right to he told a different story. Did you ever hear Steve Wynn threaten to kill... Joe Francis. No, absolutely not. They get Quincy Jones out of this goddamn mansion to say (laughs) Joe Francis is a liar. That never happened. I mean, there's some kind of court case where Quincy Jones is on the fucking witness stand. I don't. Can you imagine? I feel like this is one of those like, hey, look over here. Don't look Uh at the rape. Don't look at the rape. Let's get Quincy Jones involved. But Quincy Jones is like, Joe Francis is lying. What is he talking about? I don't know this guy. Who is this Joe Like Quincy Jones almost had to clear his name to like put on the record that he's never had any experience. With it's Joe the at all. wildest story I've ever heard. So Joe Francis has to pay the debt. It's somewhere between twenty and forty million. It goes from two to somewhere between twenty and forty. Right. Then all of these other lawsuits are coming down, and the IRS, and 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 he has like criminal trials. There's a whole bunch of legal shit going on. He yeah. barely shows up to court half the time because he's Joe Goddamn Francis. Can you imagine like you're on the jury and the guy on trial just doesn't show up? You know what? I don't want to look at him all day. <laughs> but stay home, Joe. So remember the the women that he convinced to come home from the supper club, and then they finally got away 
away, but he was yeah. like beating them. Yeah. So there's a criminal trial for the horrible abuse that he did with the women who were home and then they didn't want to be there. And then yeah. he said, I own the LAPD. So Joe Francis eventually gets convicted of battery, false imprisonment and intimidation of a witness. Right. But it's a misdemeanor. So he's out on bail. Right. So he didn't this spend is a really, single second behind bars. This is really important because it's a misdemeanor. He's out on bail and he calls Detective Christina and says, I'm going to Mexico. Is there anything we can do to make this go away? He's bribing her. And Christina's like, this isn't going away. Joe hops on a plane to Mexico where he's got this multi, multi, multi-million dollar resort and the United States won't spend the time or the money to extradite him because it's a misdemeanor. And this is what I'm saying. This woman was beaten. She was held yeah. against her will. She was literally kidnapped by the guy. That shouldn't be a misdemeanor. No, no, Make no. it whatever the thing is to make him go to jail for Felony. a long time. Thank you. <laughs> whatever. Something like that. Yeah. And so like the only way he can make money is this resort that he owns yeah. that he can rent out for $35,000 a night. A lot of celebrities stayed down at his property, including Ashton Kutcher, Demi Moore, Ava Longoria, Jennifer Aniston. Mario Lopez got married down there. Kim Kardashian and Kanye honeymoon there. Kim and Kanye had their fucking honeymoon Fuck there. Both of them. I mean, Don't like get me they are funding West. this rapist child molester. Like, what? Right. And this is like in 2015 or whatever. Yeah. Like, come on. Everyone knows what he's been doing for a long time. There are no excuses. No. Here. None at all. And so he's still with Abby. Abby is like, I guess, his wife at this point. Oh. We learn oh. this is the this is like the fucking grossest oh. thing. They had kids through IVF because he genetically wanted to have girls. He like and I was like, Abby, wait a second. what are you doing? Like, the reason it's so fucking vile, just yeah. to be clear, like, not IVF, but, like, him. like no, but, but Joe Francis yeah. choosing to have daughters specifically. Yeah. Like, he just wants to make their lives miserable. Like, he hates or, women so much. Or worse. Or exploit them. Or worse. Or worse. Like, that's all the only place my brain went. But, like, we've been talking about this guy for an hour. Yeah. Think about the fact that he chose specifically to make sure he had two daughters. It's just Fuck this fucking guy. insane. Yeah. Then we're back to that recording from the beginning. We hear how fucking terrified Abby is. Yeah. We literally hear him trying to kill her. I'm gonna call the Hugo security. You're scaring me. She says, you stepped on my neck. And he's like, good, I hope yeah. you die. Uh, it's so bad. He spends 73 days in a Mexican prison for this, and Abby and the girls have to flee into hiding. Yeah. That's who, like, Kim and Kanye are going to party with on the weekends. I know. Like, recently. Yes. Like, go, go through Yes, shows. I know they're not married anymore, and yes, I know he was awful to her. I'm just saying. But they're both trash. Exactly. And they both made this decision. Like, that's, the, like, many things can be true at once. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. they made these choices because he was, like, rich and cute and fun, and oh, it's whatever. It's so harmless. Like, right. It, they like the way they, ugh, whatever whatever and they just say like it ends with people saying his wife is in hiding yeah. and the media doesn't pay any attention to this and like because he's a misdemeanor fugitive and he has residency in Mexico like you were saying he's not going to be extradited so he just gets to live life on the beach forever unless he gets cocky enough to come back to the United States and the marshals pick but him up then but then they like, could arrest him if they wanted to but would they? that's what I mean like, you know? if, if the marshals care enough to go pick him up I don't know but he gets to like live his life on a Mexican beach somewhere but I do like that they talk to some of the locals oh, yeah. and everyone hates him. <laughs> yeah. The locals call him a talkative piranha. Yeah. And someone says, he's pretty low key, but then you catch him on a bad day and he scares the tourists away, yeah. which is like, what are you have to complain I know. about? He's just an inherently angry, violent guy. You got away with it all, Joe. Yeah. Why are you like having a bad day and scaring the tourists away because you're that violent? You won. Would you ever call me an angry piranha? Talkative piranha. <laughs> What's a 
called we did? Uh, Richard Shameless, Girls Gone Wild. What you said. Yeah, that fam, one. Fam, join us on the Patreon, fam. I'm telling you, we're adding so much video content in addition to all the hundreds of bonus episodes we have. So the video content we've added, the live show from Obsessed Fest. Yes. With the opening number and the Broadway dancers and the whole thing. The whole thing. Our live show from Boston where we did Class Action Park in front of an 1,100 seat audience. All of these videos are professionally shot and edited and they're gorgeous. Yes. The West Memphis 3 panel at Obsessed Fest with you and Damien and Bob. Yes. Rebecca and Rabia at Obsessed God. Fest right after Adnan. So We're going to keep content. adding stuff. Yeah. I think if it's okay with you, we might put up the when Steve and I did our little tour this summer. Of course. And we did Class Action no, Park. That's so funny. You Would should. that be fun? Oh, what are you talking about? I don't know. Throw it on up there. Okay, great. I love it. Also, over 350 full ad free bonus episodes. Yeah, so like all the episodes you get on the regular feed, you get those ad free. And then you yeah. also get ad free versions of things like Heaven's Gate and The Vow and Tiger King and Bad Vegan and Puppet Master yeah. and all that stuff. Also, at the, at the Hero Bell level, we're sending out the calendar soon. <gasps> if you want the calendars, like they happened last year and we're, everybody wanted one. We're working on it. I think it's going to be fun. That's right. I guess that's it. What are we doing next? We are doing Nail Bomber on Netflix about the 1999 London bombing. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's. What did they bomb? Buildings. Okay. And things. It's, right. it's bad. Bad right. uh, communities and just, it's um, it's bad. All right. Well, we're doing that. So stay yeah. tuned for the trailer for that. Our ridiculous and hilarious outtake. Yeah. I think they're more angry than hilarious this yeah. time around, but <laughs> take a listen and see. Take a listen. We love you, Van. We love you. Bye. Bye. I spent 10 years undercover in the far right. It, it was so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Really. It was hardcore. People were like competing to be as radical as possible. And there was talk about starting a race war. We would come to a time where we needed to like kill people. In the 1990s, there was trouble in the streets. A lot of tension. All someone had to do was light a match. But we didn't think anyone was really going to do it. But then one person did. Montag's sister was Joe's assistant. Heidi Montag. She was like the OC. The Hill. Wait. The Hill. Oh, LC and Heidi. Right? I, oh, yeah, 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 they, yeah. yeah. Were, there was a feud there? <laughs> they were very Paris and Nicole. I think they were friends, and then there was then a they feud. Were in, oh, Heidi and Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. We got there. We got there. Spencer's TikTok. TikTok famous. For what? For a lot of things. He's the one who said that Lisa Kudrow was really mean to him. Yeah, but he's also like debunking the Hills. Like he's going oh, like, behind really? the scenes. He's like, fuck my NDA. And just oh. saying, like, so that. That was fake, and that was fake, and that was fake. And they have all of their, their when they were on the front of like every tabloid, that's like what's framed in their home. Really? Like Us Weekly. Oh, but <laughs> him and Heidi are still married. Yeah, they're like fully together. Fucking Kudrow told her to get away from him because he was going to kill her. I know. He had the last laugh, Kudz. Kudrow, come on. I, I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> the comeback, anyone? Of no? course, I love the comeback. <laughs> so, also, Jane. we. Jane. <laughs> Aaron. 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 Sorry. He doesn't give a hoot 